probably echoey in this room, but... A little bit, but that's okay. Um, these guys here with their fucking notepads. <laughs> it makes sense that Bruce has one. Yeah, which eh, everybody can have one. Okay, there's a start. There's a start. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the perfect start. <laughs> this is episode 28, Climate Change. This one's all four of us in one room with one microphone. It's a little more raw than all our other episodes. It's the first time that all four of us have been together in one room since the snow day two and a half years ago. I thought it flowed great, so I didn't do a whole lot of editing. I hope you like it. Just before we get started, just to make sure we're all on the same page as we're listening to this, understand this is just four guys sitting around in a virtual living room having a chat because they're stuck in a snowstorm. It's not our professional selves. There's nothing here we're embarrassed about, but there's going to be a little bit of swearing and just us being us. So let's just take it for what it is. This is Snow Day, a podcast with... Dr. George Alvarez. We don't have a CO2 problem, we have a people problem. Because they're, the they're the people that consume and produce the CO2. We have a people problem on Earth. Stephen DeGroote, internationally renowned speaker, author, and leadership expert. It comes down to people with power and yes. people with privilege. And they're not willing to, relent, like, to relinquish their privilege and power. Leslie Hansen, software company owner and CEO. Every time you buy an airplane ticket, it gives you that option and says, do you want to pay to offset your carbon yeah. footprint from this? Has anybody ever fucking done that? And me, Bruce Krentz, the one they left behind. Crazy, Bruce, da crazy days for the one you left behind. Bruce, that's your best check-in ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, took, it took 28, but there, he finally got it. That was, that was your life most... sucked until that. <laughs> it's boring. The last nine days of your life have been the best <laughs> nine days of your life. <laughs> Unbelievably, all four of us in the same room together. Um, we got a fact checker, Gerald, hanging around with us. Unbelievable, boys, that we finally got this together. Kudos to George. I think even though you did fuck all to actually organize much of this, this was your idea, throwing it out that uh, the next time the Watchmen are in town, we're all going to get together and, and be together and go to the concert and do this pod. So top marks to Georgie for getting that all going. We got the Watchmen show and a little bit of a pod coming up later on this afternoon. But before we get too deep into the beers, we wanted to do one on climate change, something a little bit more serious, something very serious for our planet, depending on what your views are. Before we do that, let's do a check-in though. We've never all been together to record a pod and we haven't been together since the snow day which is like mind-numbing to me actually wow. it's two, and a half, two and a half years ago yeah yeah two and a half years ago last time we were all together in the same spot i never put that together until we just now we were snowed in <laughs> we were snowed in we did until now we thought you were the sharpest on the snow pod, yeah. uh, again yeah. but uh, holy shit i just surrendered yourself up. i just surrendered my belt <laughs> Put the belt. Can't be good looking and smart. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you, George. I like that. 
take what you can get. If you're following along at home, in the olden days, the football announcers would mention, you know, like these guys are on the left side of your dial and these guys are on the right side of your dial. So if, if you are listening to us in your car, I'm straight away center from you. Uh, Stevie's on the left side of your dial. Georgie is straight away from me. Lester's on the right side of your dial and we're off to the races. We'll start with Stevie, a little check-in. What's happened since we recorded Pets, which was mid-July? Mid-July. And uh, it's October on the road. Now. We're brutal. Yeah, on the road. I've been on the road almost the whole time. I've been to Europe and back, uh, several countries and across our fine country. I've only been home for about four days. So for you guys to meet me here, being in like Studio W, I guess, Winnipeg. Studio um, I, it's kind of weird to have you here because I haven't been home long enough. I've spent just as much time with you guys today as I did with Zane uh, yesterday, so I've seen you just as much as I've seen him uh, the last couple weeks. So yeah, just same same old, same old. Good to see you guys. Uh, that's about it. Traveling, and I'm back home and going to check out the Watchmen with you guys tonight, so excited. Going crazy. Turns out I'm the only guy with a Watchmen shirt on. Yeah. Just saying. And Are you the only guy that owns a Watchman shirt? I have two of them and I'm going to be switching before the show. Oh, oh costume change. Yeah, some of you guys costume change. change. That's some serious He's not messing around. He's got a warm-up shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and Marty has another whip. And he has his Watchman tearaways. <laughs> George, you straight away from me. What's going on? Yeah, well, I've been crushing it at work. Recently, I've celebrated my birthday, my 49th. That's what this sort of thing is about, that you guys gave me this as a uh, gift. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to talk about, I think, an issue that has been bantered around between the person to my left and I for quite a while. Um, yeah, so I'm interested in this topic, what people have to say. Okay, wait, you, you what did that mean when you said, we're giving you this for your birthday? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you expecting us to pick up your tab tonight? Is that what you're saying? Because yes. I was under the belief that if I flew out here, you would be buying dinner tonight. I think Bruce is... Bought the tickets, so we either give him money tickets. or we're buying him. Bruce got the tickets. Bruce got the oh, tickets. Oh, right. As a gift for that's the right. Birthday. Bruce got the tickets. You were going to get dinner tonight. <laughs> Steve was going to get drinks Great. all night at the casino afterwards, yes. yeah. and I bought breakfast this morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. You thought I You thought I was just being nice, <laughs> not realizing I was being strategic when I picked up that tab. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Now, uh, quick check-in. Yeah, I, uh, I have been doing a little bit of traveling. I was in Europe for a couple of weeks after Steve. We, uh, we went to a couple of the same cities, but didn't manage to cross over, which could have been cool. Um, and right now, the big thing in my life is I'm just doing renos in my, uh, in my place, and I've had to move out for uh, a couple of months while my place gets torn down and rebuilt. So I've been living out of a suitcase and uh, like a bit of a vagrant for the last uh, six weeks or so. Happy to be here seeing you guys, seeing my parents last night, and uh, back in the peg. Fun times. Given her. I got, uh, I'm on the end of a nine-day road trip, which for a Thompson guy is, Holy <laughs> for me, is like phenomenal. No yeah. you look frazzled. Huh? <laughs> I'm rattled. This hasn't happened. I couldn't tell you the last time I went on a nine-day roadie. Total planes, trains, and automobiles. I flew into Winnipeg. I uh, rented a car, went and saw Murph, then I took the, I flew into saw Lester, had the most unbelievable Blue Jays experience where we rolled into the craziest seats. This was, this was a strategic move by me walking into the Blue Jays game. I said, the last, I got the Watchman ticks. You, I said, what, what were these Blue Jay ticks? Like, what's going on with these? What do I owe you? Straight trade? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, you did say, you did say straight trade for the Watchman tickets. <laughs> <laughs> for the Watchman tickets? Yeah. Oh, here's, okay. here's where I think I'm doing well on this. I'm like, ah, oh, Blue Jay tickets end of the year. It's no big deal. We walked down 
and down and down. We're walking past <laughs> all these people. We're right behind home plate, <laughs> right in the. the we did have pretty good seats. Yeah, yeah, they were pretty awesome. We sit down, we cheers our beer, and look up, and a guy hits a home run. <laughs> Bruce's, it's Bruce's, magical. Bruce's first ever Jays game, first time in the Rogers Center, sits down, first pitch he witnesses from right behind home plate, first pitch, home run. Oh, <laughs> like, okay, that's it, we should leave. That should be your lifetime. Yeah, yeah. Drives, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Enough, enough. So, awesome day, and then we did the whole Toronto experience that night, which was pretty good, including walking from downtown to Leicester's place, which we walked through a couple of... Like, we did. For Bruce Thompson. made me walk all the way home. He's like, oh, I'd like to see the city. You know, he made me take public transit to the game, to the game? which yeah. I'm lazy and I never do. And then said, oh, we should just walk home. How long will that take? And I'm like, an hour. Fuck, I don't know. Like, <laughs> maybe an hour. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Okay. So we did. It was fun. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. Good there was time. a few, yeah. Like, Stopped for a, drinks a couple times along the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's thirsty work. Walking is thirsty work. Even <laughs> for a Thompson Inn guy, like middle of downtown Thompson, there was some pretty questionable areas we walked through but it was great it was super fun love that trained it to ottawa after that uh on the via which is what an amazing way mm-hmm. to travel like it is so comfortable and great mm-hmm. saw the wongers in ottawa hung out with my sister went up to manawaki quebec did a whole bunch more like i said busing around which i've just been on a public transit run and couldn't be happier went out <laughs> with my niece we did a run to the mall on the, the oc transpo in ottawa and then back on the plane back here to winnipeg and uh, here we are. Wow. So crazy, impressive, yeah, spectacular run, and the Watchmen tonight. What what better way to finish that off than the four of us at the Watchmen? So crazy, Bruce, day, crazy days for the one you left behind. Bruce, that's your best check-in ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it took it took twenty eight. It took, took twenty eight, but there he finally got it. That was, that was your life most. sucked until <laughs> that. It's boring. <laughs> the last nine days of your life have been the best <laughs> nine days of your life. <laughs> Which function is a goal in the day. podcast, actually. Yeah, that was it. Just shut her down. That's a, that's a golden moment. Let's just move on to podcast. bouncing around with us a lot lately and George and Les both kind of came to me independently although I think there's been some serious banter in your own little group <laughs> chat around this so I don't, I don't think it's a surprise that everybody kind of wants to get it out on the public record Steve and I maybe not quite as into it but hey we're, we're happy we're to here. talk yeah, yeah, we're uh, talk about anything yeah. always happy to talk George, I'm going to let you, normally I do the intro, but uh, I get the feeling you're most passionate about this one so I'm going to throw it to you for just why do you think we should talk about it yeah, well, I'll start by saying that I think you're probably the greenest out of all four of us. No, for sure. I think that's fair to say. Perhaps. Well, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the four of us grew up in northern Manitoba where the backdrop was a smokestack that spewed out greenhouse gas and sulfur. Mm-hmm. You couldn't walk around our town without being in our sight line. So I think, A, that's important. And the taste in the back of the throat. Yeah, <laughs> sulfur, yeah. 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 yeah, so we, we grew up in a town where the industry that provided our upbringing, the town's wealth, our future was a polluter, but we never talked about it, like ever. And then you fast forward to today where arguably this is the biggest thing that we should talk about in this generation. It is the hottest topic. I think it's going to affect the federal election, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. So I thought it was prudent that we just kind of talk what our thoughts were about this, especially since we went from never discussing it, not caring about it, it being such an important thing at, at, uh, as children, to now us living in different parts 
of the country, including mm-hmm. myself, which oil and gas is obviously a big factor in my province, that I thought it'd be interesting that the four of us, you know, kind of uh, spit out a few comments. Totally, and it comes on the heels, depending on when we manage to actually get this released, but it does basically come on the heels of all the protests. I know Luke, Mm -hmm. my nephew, who lives in Gatineau, right beside Ottawa, actually went to Parliament Hill and participated in one of those protests. Yeah, he he took the day off school and went to Parliament Hill, which my sister and I talked about a little bit, and it's kind of neat, because I'm not sure he quite has all the nuances of that, but it's neat that he got a chance to sort of stand up and speak for his views with, and just a bucket list item. Like I protested yeah. on Parliament Hill. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, nice. No, how, how old is he? How sweet. He's 17. Yeah, the great thing is kids as young as six get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're killing our planet. And they say, oh my God, we should stop. Whereas the adults <laughs> fucking rationalize it. Well, you know, so we're really not doing it. You know? So I think kids get it way better than the adults do because yeah. it's, pretty, it's a pretty simple, straightforward situation. I'm with you. Well, then start there. Climate change. Is yeah. it important to you? You're older than six. Yeah, well, I'm, a little, I'm shy older than 17. <laughs> we just uh, did a turn yeah. 50 plus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm out. I'm out. Um, yeah, I, of course it's important. I mean, I don't think about it every, every, well, every day. I, you know, when I think about it a lot, I'm on planes a lot. And the turbulence and the kind of the crazy weather, weather changes, are, you know, you can just, it's way different than it was 10, 15 years ago. Um, like the, the amount of turbulence, the frequency of turbulence, the, right. And, uh, um, and you attribute that to climate change? I, I think so. I think the, the when you're talking, uh, like, you know, I, I won't, you know, you guys are probably going to talk about what happened in your cities, uh, this, you know, this past week, mm-hmm. uh, you'd be ridiculous to think that, you know, changing barometric pr- pressure and wind patterns with the, you know, with the intense number of tornadoes showing up in places that never had them ever, uh, and that, you know, where they are, they're, they're more intense and they're more frequent um, that I think, yeah, I mean, it'd be ridiculous if the, the patterns where you fly aren't going to be uh, impacted yep. as well. Right. So yep. the fact that there's this huge movement when there's pure evidence uh, that we need to do something different because we are, uh, you know, literally destroying mm-hmm. uh, our earth because human beings have a way of just destroying amazing things uh, as we make our way through this planet. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm fully behind it. I mean, I don't think about it every day, but th- I'm not against it, and I'm yeah, I support it 150 percent mm. for sure. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. To be clear, you don't support climate change. You know, <laughs> oh, we're talking, I, 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 support, I support it 100. Yeah. Are we, are we talking this. about climate? Wait, what? Okay, what are we? Still what, was the, what's climate? what was the topic what's again? What's, Let's no, see Google climate change. Yeah. No, is it climate? Did you say climate? <laughs> <laughs> I was busy talking about that. Yeah. I forgot what I was yeah. talking about. <laughs> Sorry, I support whatever we're talking about, okay? Where's my beer? Give me a beer. Okay, George, you're sitting beside Steve, so you get to... Steve kind of went, almost took us all the way to, do you think climate change is legit, which is our next oh, question. Oh, but geez. That's okay. Uh, back to climate. Is it important to you? Does this affect your daily life? Yeah, I'll, I actually want to... I will come back to the last question, because Steve's comment, what he just said about... I completely agree, climate change is important. So let me start with some facts, because I looked up these facts, because I'm the sole Albertan. Uh, 100 million barrels of oil are used every day. It's been steadily increasing for the last three decades. So there's no, it's not even plateauing out. We produce about 4% of the world's oil, so about 4 million uh, a day. So when some of this discussion that we have about what Canada can do, I think we have to be realistic in what our impact will be on the world. So that's one of my major points. So I think that's, uh, it's important. Two, I want to highlight that most Albertans believe in climate change. I know there's a caricature because we live in oil and gas. 
country that we don't care about the climate. We absolutely do care about the environment. I think it is, without question, the most important thing in my life and my children's life. So I want to, yeah, I, I think it is the biggest issue, yeah. even though I come from oil and gas. And there is nobody that I know, and I know a lot of people who believe in oil and gas, that do, don't think that this has to change in Alberta. They just want people to realize there actually has to be a plan moving forward that if you think you can literally turn off the taps, that is an impossibility, never going to happen, stop talking about it. There has to be a transition plan and people that talk about moving away from dirty oil and all of these things, well, absolutely, but then tell me how you're going to do it. What is then the individual responsibility versus the corporate responsibility? Because for me, we have 8 billion people on earth. We don't have a CO2 problem, we have a people problem. Because they're the people, they're the people that consume and produce the CO2. We have a people problem on earth. Wow. We have so, a people so, problem. So now you're promoting eugenics? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> we need to call the herd? We gotta get eight billion. Well, I think we definitely we gotta get eight billion back to six billion is the solution to climate change. That is one of it. <laughs> you're jumping into this with a hot take earlier. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> we have a people problem because they're the ones. Last point, which I thought really interesting, I never knew this. So a couple of my old I told a couple of the guys that wanted us to talk about this that are in oil and gas. I said, uh, you know, can you give me like an interesting thing that I would not know about oil and gas above just reading the papers and the internet? And they said, well, we have this uh, saying called wells to wheels, where what, what CO2 emissions happen getting it out of the ground, using water, and then getting it to the wheel. 80% of the CO2 emissions come at combustion. So only 20% actually of the CO2 emissions go from getting it out of the ground to into your into your car. And I thought, actually, that's a, I don't think I knew that. That's quite a striking thing. So it's after it gets into a combustion engine that the CO2 becomes an issue. So it's a very small part of it is getting it to the wheels. I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, I believe in it. It is the biggest topic that we should talk about. I think it's going to define everything for the next 50 years. My issue is there has to be a realistic transition. What are we going to do to get off our gluttony of oil? Interesting. I think here's what I want to, where I want to start with opening remarks, if that's what we're doing in this, yeah, in this pretty first much. round there, because that's a, a lot of interesting things. One thing I'll, I'll, I'll toss back to you, Steve, because you mentioned flying. You think yeah, of climate already, change yeah. when, you're, when yeah. you're flying. Yeah, which is terrible. This is something that I think is weird. I'm just throwing this out as a yeah. little one side note. Every time you buy an airplane ticket, like when you buy, or maybe it's only with Air Canada, I always fly Air Canada. Yeah. Every time you buy an airplane ticket, it gives you that option and says, do you want to pay to offset your carbon yeah. footprint from this? Has anybody ever fucking done that? No. Like just out of the guilt that you're feeling over climate change saying, exactly. yeah, I'll pay $179. Where does that money go if you give it away? Sure like, right? like it's not sure it's kind of bizarre, but I was just that's thinking, why I don't, yeah, yeah, I've never done it either, nor do I think yeah. I ever would. But yeah. I just thought that was funny as you were talking about that. So um, this is where I draw. I do think crickets sound. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Has anybody ever paid that? Yeah, yeah. I do think um, George, your opening remark was on point in that, like it or not, I think climate change is the defining issue of our generation. Right, our grandparents had world wars. Yeah. Our parents had the Cold War, right? Nuclear proliferation and the Cold War. We have climate change. Mm. What I would add to the fact that we grew up in a town with a giant smokestack that was spitting out sulfur and nobody cared is I would buffer that by saying at that time, nobody in the world cared. Nobody was talking about 
climate change when we were that age. It wasn't that we were indifferent because we were living in a town that was powered by a heavy polluting mine. It just wasn't the way of the world yet, right? We didn't start talking about these things well, until we were, much we more We were talking about acid rain, which yes. was the precursor yeah. to yep. global... Like, pollution. The, the we started talking about pollution in the 80s, 80s, right? Yep, in the mid-80s, because yeah. it was Reagan and Mulroney who sat down and worked out and solved yeah. the acid rain yes. situation for North America, yeah. put a bunch of environmental protections in yeah. place for, for North yeah. America, which I think was important. I got rid um, of all my acid-washed jeans and... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Exactly. As, uh, thank <laughs> God for that. Thank God for that. In terms of timing, as to when we started to think about climate change, is I think, and this is a guy who never gets any credit because he's largely just made fun of, and he's been vilified by the oil and gas industry and climate deniers, is when Al Gore put out an inconvenient truth, yeah. which is now. Shit, I don't know when it came out, but 10 plus years ago, maybe 15 years ago, and it was sort of groundbreaking and he had all those charts and talking about how the world temperature was going to go up. And he was, it was viewed as really cutting edge, like, oh, come on, that's crazy. I mean, we could go back and fact check this. I bet pretty much everything he was predicting on those slides is now coming true. We now know that all of the predictions that climatologists and, mm. and scientists have made about this is what's going to happen to the planet if we don't quit polluting. This is what's going to happen to the planet if we allow the temperature to increase, continue increasing, is now happening. Yeah. So now we're kind of waking up to it. And the one thing that I would say, just to throw a, like a guilty cape on our, on our shoulders, is if you think that we're the generation where this was the defining topic of our generation, I think you would have to admit that we have failed. We've already failed because... We know a lot of smart guys. Hey, we're fucking we're, smart we're, guys. We're, we're smart, smart guys. Smart guys. Right Most of our friends are smart guys. We hung out with smart guys. We grew up with smart guys. We, got, we were educated, smart people. I shouldn't be saying guys in a gender-specific way. George, you're one of the most educated people I know in terms of post-secondary education. Do we know anybody that went into like environmental science and has a career right now in trying to reverse climate change? No. I don't know a single person. I know one guy in university who did a degree in environmental protection something. He had to leave U of M and go to, I think it was Lakehead University in Thunder Bay. And that was, you know, to become, we made fun of him and said, oh, he's going to be a tree hugger. And he went out to BC and he was like a tree hugger, right? oh, an environmental guy. We literally made fun of them yeah. when... You know, what we should have been doing is saying, yeah, holy shit, you know, half of you smart people go design computer programs that are going to change the world. And the other half need to get on solving, like, we got to make some changes. But you made an important point. Like, we're waking up to it. Yes. We're just waking up to it. I disagree. Yeah. Yeah. We're, We're waking up to it now. We knew about it a long time ago and just denied it. David Suzuki. Yeah, exactly. Way before. David Suzuki has been on this trail for 35 years. Yeah. It is one of my major points here is, and I want to know, I want people to tell the truth. I want you to honestly reflect on your life and tell me what you've done personally and what yeah. we should do as a society. Yeah. So I think we knew I what think we've known it for a long time. Absolutely. We've, we've, we've purposely have ignored it until yeah. there's we a We are range. all guilty. We Our entire guilty. generation yeah. are guilty of being Correct. climate deniers. Correct. In the last five years, you can now focus the term climate denier <laughs> on people who are on the wrong side of this discussion now because right. there's an obvious scientific answer. Yeah. But we were all climate deniers for, for the sure. first 40 yeah. years of our lives. Yeah, right? for sure. But the other thing I think is interesting listening to George's conversation is it is very much a regional 
mindset when you talk about climate because Bruce, you you pointed out and kind of made fun of me in the podcast we did on the Raptors when you said the reason I know we think differently is because I say the Raptors and you say we, <laughs> right? And I would say I think it's interesting that we started this conversation talking about climate change. We sat here for ten minutes saying, okay, let's turn on the mic. We're going to talk about climate change. George, you immediately started talking about oil and gas industry, right? Hmm. Right. It just represents sort of like. The difference in how is the conversation couched? Well, where does it touch? Where, 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 it touch where, where yeah. do you live? And the conversation yeah. that's around you all day. Yeah. Yeah. George lives in the heart of the oil and gas industry. He hears oil and gas all the time. Bruce lives the biggest in the, client in client the client beautiful, denies. you know, northern uh, pristine yeah. wilderness. And yeah. you, you have a different conversation going on all around you. And that is what is supposed to make this four-way conversation interesting in that we live in four different It is pretty funny you say that because when I think of climate change, it's just a smokestack. Like I I honestly don't think of oil and gas nearly as much as either of you do. Mm. Totally for me, like when I think of climate change, I think of inco polluting and I think of those kind of things like industry more than oil and gas. So that is that is exactly true. With that said, the smokestack doesn't put out smoke in Thompson anymore. The smelter closed, the refinery closed. <laughs> like those days. Are- but was that for environmental reasons or was it just business? Business. Business. business 100% yeah. business. And yeah. I, I mean, I can admit that I'm happier because there's no pollution, but totally from a health benefits standpoint. Like I just think Thompson is going to be healthier. We have a huge, I think, and I should check this out because this is just like got one guy science. But there's a lot of people with MS. And there's been two or three cases of Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, in Thompson. And that's a rare disease. We can put our yeah. fact checker on that. But I, yeah. I honestly believe there's, because those two things are kind of linked, that yeah. there's something to the pollution in northern Manitoba that makes that worse in Thompson. Because there's young people, Coral Polanyk, they graduated with us, yeah. got whammied with this too, right? And so in terms of the smokestack stopping pumping out smoke, that's what's most important to me. My kids are going to be healthier. Presumably, we're going to be healthier. I was less worried about the yeah. environment overall. Is climate change important to me? Surprisingly, not really. It's not very important mm-hmm. to me. No. Like, yeah. I mean, yes, <laughs> I don't want our yeah. planet to crash and burn. It's not something that I think about. Does it touch you? Yeah. It doesn't touch me much okay. daily or every couple But one of you guys made the comment, I think very correctly, at least I would agree, that Bruce is the greenest of the four of us here. Mm-hmm. And is that maybe why you don't think of it? Because you already, you walk or ride your bike to work every day. Every day. You're, you made me take public transit <laughs> <laughs> last week in Toronto. Of course. Uh, Good point. Wait, I'll tell you what though. I'll tell you what. I took the streetcar to the office on Monday after you left, <laughs> yes. you know, um, out, out of a sheer sense of guilt. Maybe you're not that concerned about it because you know you've already kind of made the lifestyle transition that George is referring to. Are we going to talk about it or actually make changes that that do things about it? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd be curious, and I got to see a shrink. Maybe Steve and I can have a session like, yeah. like out, outside of this. Um, on the ride to dinner. Yeah, on the ride to dinner. Yeah, <laughs> totally. How many of my choices were climate change choices? Because for sure those things mean something to me. But I mean, walking and biking to work was more a choice because it makes me feel good. So it, it wasn't like, okay, I want to okay. stop driving my car. But part of the reason I, we only have had one vehicle for so long is I know that running two vehicles is not as good as only having one vehicle. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the public transit thing, I'm a bit of a hippie. But maybe I'm a bit of a hippie because I know that, that over the long term, I'm 
helping a little bit. It doesn't right? matter so if they're side consequences, they're yeah. still good consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. So do I think about it a lot? No, I probably am the most green. Here's my one little funny sidebar on that though is one of the worst polluters in the world is two-stroke engines. Like those are, like if, if you're running in engines yes. and I have a number of two-stroke engines as a... You have 10 of them, though. I have zero. Yeah, I have zero. You have zero. I have 10 of them. And so, I, yes, I walk and ride my bike to work all the time. And then when I go out to, the, to my beautiful cottage, I fire up my two-stroke boat motor and, and rip through a tank of gas yeah. and do, you know, fire up the weed whacker. And that's like one of the worst... Polluters now, I know, you know, yeah. that, that's not the worst thing in the world. But. Yeah, I've only got one stro- uh, two-stroke engine, and uh, <laughs> let's keep that in the bedroom. <laughs> so, we, important to all of us, yes, to varying degrees, yeah. I think, yeah. for sure, yeah. that's kind of the thing. That, the next one we sort of had on our list, just before we go to, have you actually made any changes? But I want to bust back to this, because do you believe that it's legitimate? Like, is climate change really a thing? And i got to be honest, I'm still a little bit on the fence. And only because... Uh, of our global cycles that we're our snapshot is too small so at one point Manitoba was covered in ice and then it warmed up and at that time people would have said oh my god it's getting so crazy warm now now I know with modern science we have a long like a, a way longer window on this but I still think there's times when we're looking at too small of a snapshot to understand what's going on now surprisingly when you said we don't know anyone working in environmental science page is in environmental science. She's in geology, but that's a specialty awesome. of yeah. environmental science. And so uh, I was driving with her this morning and I just said to her, hey, we're going to talk about this. What do you think? Like, give me some talking points. And, and she sort of said the same thing. She said, the earth is getting warmer now than it's ever been. So that's a, you can't argue with that. Like that's a hard concern yeah. and it's, it's heating up faster. But she said too, there is still some discussion in our faculty that we're just looking at too small of a snapshot on a millions of years global scale. So, so do I think we're making bad choices? Absolutely. I, it's hard to argue, like when you see smog and people yeah. have to wear masks, yeah. this can't end well. Honestly, there's a little small part of me that thinks we're, yes. we're not looking at the big picture. Yeah, it's like somebody with type 2 diabetes who's really fat, uh, having the whole cake instead of one piece. We know it's, it's a bad idea. <laughs> uh, what came first and is this really going to make a dent? I, I think you nailed it, Bruce. The window is small. Uh, and when you look at the cycle, like historically, uh, we burnt, we froze, we, you know, like the earth has been through so many changes that weren't tracked, but we know happened. Uh, it's, it's like watching your investments. It's like going up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. Versus if you look at it over spans, like, oh yeah, this happened or this yours, didn't happen. Yours sometimes go up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, this is awkward. Uh, you know, and, uh, but at the same time, we know that there are things that we do that are not helpful for the environment. Yeah. Period. We yeah. know that. So regardless if they're connected or if it's this time of the windows short or small, we know that if we do more of this one thing, it's bad for us as a species, yep. it's bad for our health. It's so that's enough. Even if you, you're not a you know, climate, pro-climate person or a climate denier, what you can't deny is there are certain things that we do that we know that if we keep doing them, they're worse for us, yep. period. They're worse yes. for the environment. Uh, whether it's the globe, the earth, or just the forest, yep. or your air in your community. Uh, so, yeah, so absolutely, it's real It's real as this table. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, so that's my and, position on it. So I think I, I don't think about, you know, I get caught up in the whole science thing and history, but then I stop and give my head a shake, which we'll get to what are you doing about it, because I know I fly a lot, and I'm sure there's people listening going, oh, wow, what, a, what a hypocrite. But I, I'm going to get into all the things I do, which actually are quite substantial, yeah. Uh, to try to do something about it. Well, and I, I think, Steve, I, I agree with that. And I think how that applies to Bruce's question is, 
Yes, we know that the Earth goes through cycles up and down of heating and cooling. We know this Earth is right now going through a cycle of increase in temperature. So that is going to happen. We can't stop the Earth from doing that over millions of years. But we also know, scientifically proven, that if you coat the Earth in CO2, you will increase the temperature of the Earth. So we know we are now doing both. So we can't stop the Earth from going through a cycle and heating up, but we can stop what we're doing, which is accelerating or even adding to that effect. We know it's additive. And I think whatever the percentage is, 98.5 or 99% of uh, scientists are in, you know, just full agreement on that fact that these things that we're doing are killing the Earth. Now, another interesting side note to this conversation is when you think climate change, where do you put an envelope or a wrapper around the conversation. Because there's a lot of things that we're doing to kill the planet right now. And warming it up is only one of them. Last week, we had the huge marches and it's all about, you know, CO2 emissions. We're coming into this federal election where people, you know, are talking about pipelines and carbon tax and like everything is focused on, on the issue of CO2 emissions and reduction right now. Is that the whole conversation or are there are a lot of other things uh, that we should be talking about. Yeah, Tomorrow, yeah. the flavor of the day is going to be too much plastic in the ocean. Well, I was just going to say, like my my personal example, Bruce, you know this more than, <laughs> than these guys, but George, you know it as well. My personal pet project this year has been to try to eliminate my use of plastic. Yeah. I think I said that on a pod on our New Year's Day pod. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And this has been my year to reduce my use of disposable plastic. Yeah. I've already, based on Bruce spending one day with me in Toronto, decided next year is going to be the year that I try to start actually consciously thinking about my carbon footprints because I don't think about <laughs> I'll it. Ta- I'll take it a step it. further about uh, just so you know how on side I am uh, with you guys. If we stopped producing another molecule of carbon dioxide, the earth will continue to heat. So this discussion isn't about what's like what we've what's done already already is bad. Nothing we can do actually stops. All we're trying to do is decelerate this curve of, of global heating. So that's another scientific fact. You, you're right. There's two scientists so they can fit on a moped that don't agree that climate change doesn't work and they work yeah. for the Republican Party. So the other actually, part of work for the oil and gas. <laughs> well, yeah. seriously, oil and gas, they, they believe it. They, they, just, they just have an economic... They, guys, there is, the economic there is zero chance that this earth can get off the gluttony we have on oil. So we need to, that's what the last question is about. Hold on, people hold, actually on, do. hold on. There's a zero chance. There is no, a zero chance. You, that is a recorded statement to It's make. a zero chance. There's you a zero chance there's a zero chance. to get off oil. In our lifetime, there's a zero chance. You just very much changed that statement well, by adding a disclaimer. <laughs> now I'll accept well, your statement. Yeah, it's a zero chance. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so the other part about that isn't it's just inevitable. decreasing CO2 production, which is a huge thing. It's actually capturing it and reusing it, which by the way, Canada, just to tout us, by far leads the world in CO2 capture. I think there's some very interesting technology there uh, and some of it is happening in Alberta and some of it isn't. But I think we should be mindful that we're already can't stop what's happening. So it's not just about decreasing the acceleration is we actually got to reverse it somehow, which is I think what you were talking about. They're burning the Amazon, the lungs of our world. So I just wanted to throw that in there. It's already almost too late, but not too late to be pessimistic. Yeah. Um, and that's why I'm interested on the overall topic of what do you think the individual versus the society's responsibility is for this climate change? Because I'm going to be honest, 
I've done fuck all. I was just gonna say, put your money where your mouth is. I've done what fuck all. Yeah, but I'm but I'm realistic because I'll tell you why I've done fuck all. I wanted to come here and hang out with you guys. I wanted to get on a jet plane. I didn't pay my offset. Which is stupid. Why offsetting? That's offsetting guilt. I don't think anybody understands how that fucking offset payment works. It, well, right well, first of all, it doesn't offset. All you're doing is you're paying another tax to something that yeah. isn't decreasing CO two emissions. And it's only really just assuaging my guilt. Like, yeah, in, in no way am I. We need to fact check to look into that. It, if it, I give the hundred seventy dollars to Air Canada to offset my carbon footprints, what it, do they actually do with that money? Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 it's supposed to be a tax <laughs> to the government. So I feel personally that I'm trying to do stuff, but realistically, I don't think as an individual I do enough. And is this going to be part of where then we have to have people that impose? the will of the collective on the individual because individuals ultimately will not make the best decision for the collective. They'll make the best decision for you. For Steve's business, he's got to fly. Les wanted to go and do stuff and enjoy his life because he deserves it. Yeah. And I, I think he should do whatever he wants to because he deserved it. But that means individually we're not making a dent. Yeah, okay. So does society I, impose yeah, stuff? I think, yeah. I think we can. And I, I, yeah, so I can't wait to get to the what are you doing about it because... Yeah. Because yeah. I want to, I want to echo what what you said. I will acknowledge as well. I have done nothing to try to reduce my carbon footprint in my in my, in my life. Yeah. But I would say that that is a it's a losing argument to say we can't put in a, a dent in this, so therefore we shouldn't try. No, that's just a that's I just didn't say that. Okay, good because that's <laughs> what I, that's what I thought I heard. Good, and I, was, and I, I just lost all respect for you. Like, right no, 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 no. I didn't lose respect for you. I just I, I would disagree with that. Yeah. Because it comes back exactly to exactly yeah. to what I said to you at New Year's when I said, I'm going to try to stop using disposable plastic this year. Because I watched this, I think it was 60 Minutes or something, and the guy had created the technology that was going to take plastic out of the ocean, and he was having trouble getting it going off the ground. And some reporter put up his hand and said, well, we're contributing so much plastic to the ocean every day. Isn't this a waste of time for you to try to take this plastic out of the ocean? <laughs> and that mentality of... Fuck, let's just give up because this is going to be hard. Just, it was the, I was in the wrong mindset that night when I watched it. It just irked me. It started me down this path of thinking. I have now, as I was telling Bruce, with very little effort, because I had to think about it, but with very little pain to my life, I have reduced over 90% of my use of plastic this year. Me too. With very little pain. You said that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, With very little pain to my life. So I believe we could probably, and I say, I say this openly. I am not trying to reduce 100% of my plastic use because I'm not, I'm not an eco-warrior, I'm not a zealot, I'm not trying to get to zero plastic, but if I can reduce 90% of my plastic use quite easily, and I think if I put a little effort into it, I could probably get to 95% reduction, we can probably do the same thing on the carbon side yep. if we try. I agree. Because you made a good point, George, I read a statistic the other day as well that um, the oil and gas industry in Canada is the leading emitter of CO2, but barely edges out transportation. It's almost like sort of like 50-50. Yeah. So you can say, yeah, I can't stop the, the oil and gas industry from taking oil out of the ground, nor do I think we should try to do it immediately. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we have to have, you have to have a long-term plan to retrench from that and slowly replace it with other technologies over time. But I can take public transit, which Bruce very clearly taught me the other day in Toronto, <laughs> and start making changes. I can put solar panels on the rooftop deck that I'm just putting on my place. Like I can start making these changes and we can all start making these changes. 
We don't have to get to zero, but if you can get 90 you know, percent change just by making lifestyle changes, we should all aspire to try to do those things. Uh, the, uh, yeah. tough, the tougher one with the carbon right now is the way forward is not as clear. Yes, right? like, agreed. Like, I mean, public transit, yes, that's kind of an easy one and that's sort of the poster child, like leave your yeah. SUV at home. But after that, it just gets way harder to know yeah, yeah. what- And plastic's point. easy because, I mean, I just imagine a turtle or something beautiful <laughs> choking Right, and that's very tangible. I yeah. know that if I if I throw this piece of plastic away, yeah, it's like if I you buy this, I don't need it. It's gonna go into the fucking straight in the ocean, into the ocean. Right, yeah. so so that's easy. That's tangible. Yeah, stop well, doing it, and it won't happen. Well, and you, whereas some of the other, but you could say that the effects that we're starting to see from the Earth getting yeah. warmer oh, yeah, yeah, are now sure. becoming not, tangible. Yeah, as well. for sure, for sure. They, yeah. they are, but I mean the recycling one. You're right. You changed from plastic to glass, but. Yeah. Those two things were on the shelf beside you. Yeah. When Steve decided he wanted, he had to get to Toronto. Now what? If I need three days early. But, yeah, but, but well, you could take the trip. But I think my point is, there's a long, you know, if you if you put this on a on a compendium, there's a long way from I'm going to try to reduce my personal carbon footprint to saying. I'm now going to take a man-powered rowboat across the Atlantic, like the <laughs> Korea, uh, Thornburg, yeah. you know, which she did to prove a point, good yeah. for her, yeah. you know. I'm not going to give up flying. I'm not trying to get to zero, but I could take public transit and I could start making the smart consumer choices and consumer decisions yeah. that will take us in that direction. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's that's the collective, what the what the federal government and the global community has to try to do. And they have been trying to do it, right? Every major country in the world signed on to the Paris Accord to, for climate change until Trump went in and blew it up for no good fucking reason other than he's Trump. The entire world, even the heavy polluters, Canada being one, India, China, everybody was saying, okay, we get it. We've got to try. We've yeah. got to try. It's going to take a while to turn the boat around, but we at least have to try. Yeah. Right. Another, I have a, another point about that that's a little bit tied to health is a bit of your socioeconomic status. Some of the decisions that people can make like less like us is because we can afford to make it. And I always have to reflect on the majority of people that are disgruntled or they talk about stuff is this movement ends up uh, hurting people that can't afford uh, like people who need their car to drive to work, you know, you're not willing to give up flying. Well, because you don't have to, because you can afford it. The average person can't buy a Tesla. You know, Tesla's awesome. You yep. can't you can't drop a hundred thousand dollars on a vehicle. Uh, and, and, and this is, I mean, obviously, technology is making a lot of these things cheaper as we move forward in time. But just like health, the healthiest people I know actually have the most money. And the people that are the most socially conscious, willing to make changes for the environment also tend to follow that socioeconomic class because they can actually afford to do things. And that sometimes I, I feel is lost because the people that I treat who have a lot of issues with health, it's because they don't want money. Yeah. And I feel that sometimes people's social conscious, can't, they can't afford to be socially conscious. That's why I'm pessimistic where half of our population lives on a dollar a day, we can be pontificating as much as we can in Canada who produces 2% of the emissions and we can't put a goddamn pipeline, a major infrastructure through our country that would be a gigantic boon. That's awesome. I can hear both sides of the population. The world, most of the world just can't simply afford to do mm -hmm. what we're proposing to do. I, I just want to know what people's thoughts are about money and the ability 
to think about these things and talk about them. It, it looks, it looks like less ones to jump in, but I have a hilarious, I think sort of a funny example of exactly that where I'm still struggling because at our cottage, we run mostly solar. So I've got a solar system that nine days out of the year can run everything that we want to run, right? The TV and the stereo and the lights and everything. But when we're having lots of people and there's lots going on, we have a generator, yeah. two-stroke generator that I run knowing that that's a terrible polluter and I don't like it. But the cost for me to upgrade my system so that I could do everything that I want at any time is way more than what I could spend on gas and another generator in the next 20 years. <laughs> so from a purely economic standpoint, it just makes no sense. And that's where we have to get to is where yeah. when those are even, everybody's buying. Yes, batteries, right? yes. And, and, that's, and, and me and I, and I could probably pay the money and I see what's going on, but I still balk at it. Yep. <laughs> no, Bruce, time, you're, right? you're absolutely correct. And George, that's a very valid point as well, that socioeconomic conditions the higher you get up the socioeconomic ladder, the more freedom of choice you have in on all things. Correct. So you get you now the freedom of choice to make some decisions on how do I want to travel? How do I want to heat my home? Uh, if you're lower on that ladder, you don't have those choices. And that's, that's just the reality. But I think, Bruce, to your point, that's where you start talking about at the highest levels of government, starting in Canada, we have a federal election coming up, starting with government policy that starts to move industry and consumerism in the right direction. And it's painful. Mm. And this is what the West and the East or different regions mm. of Canada fight over. It's painful. But if we all sit here and say, we have to make a change, we have to make a change. And that change is going to have to uh, affect people. And so you have to have a plan to slowly move the world off of oil and gas. Yeah which means that every fucking technology resource dollar that any smart nation has should be going into trying to develop renewable energy sources. Because not only are we burning the planet, but give our heads a shake. Oil is going to run out. Like there is a limited supply of oil on the planet, right? So we, we know it's a losing battle to just go in that direction forever. But this is where you get into things like taxation policy and carbon pricing and all this stuff, you know. For sure. And I mean, what gives me hope, and this is such a tiny example, but for doing this and for changing faster than you think, is smoking in bars. When yeah. I mean, when we first started going to bars, you could smoke there. And when there was restaurants and restaurants like that. <laughs> While you're having dinner, someone's smoking. Well, everywhere. And when that first, the idea first came out that we should stop doing that, I thought it was hopeless. Like, I just thought, yeah. everybody does it. This is insane. It'll never work. And it turned fast, right? And so yep. that was a that was a social policy change. That was a one in my life that kind of made me think you can do these things, right? Now we see them if, in little fucking glass boxes in the airport. Well, yeah. it's, it's, it's society changed very fast on that. Like yeah. that was that was a society can change. Yeah. You know, it, it, that's it, why shame is still important. I think people forget the power of shame, which <laughs> us as politically correct well, Canadian and, 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 and your leaders, people you look uh, up yeah, to. but. We shame people into uh, seatbelts. We shame people into smoking. Like a lot of that was we social. regulated people. We regulated those things. As yeah, well. but, yeah, but but it started off with shame. Like we, yeah. as a society, are not going to accept this. To this day, I look at smokers with a bit of disdain. Like I'll tell you the truth. So do yeah. I. Even though they pay my mortgage. Like yeah, keep on smoking, <laughs> keep on getting fatter. I'm going to take care of you. Yeah. Ha ha ha. But th th there is some social conscious around using shame to engineer. Yeah change. I sometimes feel that in our politically correct political system, we don't harness that. I think there's an opportunity for our federal leaders to say, not only is this 
socially important to us. Is, they should point and laugh more. Well, no, but uh, you should say like th- this. <laughs> these these are the people that aren't walking the walk and talking the talk. I well, I I, I yeah, feel that I sometimes know, I, I that makes change it's happen. A, that's yeah. a bit dicey though, because then if you, open, you open up that floodgate, then we get to decide what we shame, uh, and you just start shaming. No, you just shame things that we all agree are important. Well, well uh, okay. isn't that isn't that's that? I'm I'm reading this uh, again, uh, Sapien. Whoever gets to decide what what's important is usually the people that have the money, and then or the yes. people that have the power. So you know everything that lands within that is you know, not worth shaming, and anything that falls outside of that is worth shaming. Or you know, so yeah. But Steve, uh, it's also isn't it also the way we as a society collectively agree on what's going to be right and wrong? Oh yeah, well that's that's what that's what uh, that's what rules are. That's yeah. what uh, traditions and culture are made of, right? Yeah. I mean, that's why we have wars. Laws. That's why we have religious wars and stuff because we agree. Yeah. Yeah, what is acceptable, what's not acceptable, what should be shamed, right? Yeah. So yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, open up that can of worms. But I think regulation is the better the better term is that, you know, regardless of what your beliefs are, regardless of what your religion is, regardless of what your sexual orientation is, uh, this behavior is hurting people, yeah. period. Yeah, that's another right, so, point. And it can be driven by regulation. Because it's economic, because what drives it in the Western world is economic, political, political motives. We know the reason why we aren't using more electric and the reason why we aren't doing making more you know better choices is because there is a small population that's benefiting from it. You know, yeah. to, to ignore that fact is is to just keep our heads in the sand or up our primordial asses, right? So. <laughs> yeah, but hold on. But you can also say that Canada is one of the best places to live in for many reasons, and one unless of that is our Sh- natural. Unless you live in uh, Shimadawa. Yeah, or, no. uh, yeah. Well, yeah. We're not going to get into that. We're talking well, about well, economic I, boon, like. I, yeah. One of the things are we have to have a smart way of using our natural resources. Canada owns them. Mm-hmm. We're, yeah, don't pump out more CO2. There has to be a smart way to flip and use our natural resources, which we as a society have had a gigantic boon from. You cannot ignore it. And I'll tell you that some of the angst that comes from the West, and in particular Albertans and people from Saskatchewan, say, guys, we basically buoyed our recession with this natural resource. Like our, like there's no question about it. Of course we have to stop using it. Like they'll say it in the same breath, but that's where some of the anxiety comes from. I'll tell you is that, come on guys, we've, this society really benefited from this. Can you maybe cut us some slack? That's the You're doing a fantastic job of putting a very likable right. face on that position. Right there. <laughs> right there. That's the razor's edge. It's, yeah. it's everybody that I know. Okay. You're right. right. I don't know right. the people that have right. an un sour perspective on yeah. you. But I, I deal with people that have reasoned, balanced views. Yeah, well, that's it. It comes back down to like going of your pr- privilege. Like that's, that's at the end of the, you follow all of these problems mm-hmm. through that we're talking about, using our resources better, land, blah, 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 uh, making better choices. It yeah. comes down to people with power and yes. people with privilege. And they're not willing to relent, like to relinquish their privilege and power. Mm-hmm. And you follow, you follow the road. Why we haven't done this? We've known this so long. We know this. Like, you know, one of the reasons why we weren't ready is because people did with power. They didn't want us to be ready. It's because we've taken resources away from people that lived on that land, and we've, like, you know, we, we've done things to be yeah. able to improve our privilege and our status for the majority, mostly right. white middle yeah. upper class, like every other country in history. Has. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. <laughs> but but you know, you can't have these conversations without following the pathway to the fact that. The end of the road is to to be able to make these changes. Is that we have to be more uncomfortable, that we have to yep. we have to yes. we have to give up our privilege. Like if you want yes. to follow it all the way through, that's at the end of the road. And the reality is, is people with privilege and power and comfort 
are not willing to give those up. They're willing to have a chat about, oh, you know, this is, yeah, this is important, rah, rah, rah. But they say, oh, are you willing to give up 30% of your income for this to happen? No fucking way, <laughs> right? But it right. Uh, feels good in the moment emotionally to talk about it and feel like I'm momentarily have a sense of control that I'm doing things. Well, then are you going to do this? No. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Fucking, that's a very, I'm just going to bring up sit, that point. How about sit and fucking idle for seven? We have these people get fined in major cities for idling for three I got minutes. A ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I got a but ticket. you can sit Randomly for 16 fucking minutes in <laughs> yeah. the Starbucks fucking line. Down the road, you get fined yeah. if you're idling for more than three minutes because we understand that this is a problem for the environment. Yeah. Yet you time 10 fucking cars in a Starbucks drive through and it's a total of like 32 fucking yeah, minutes. Yeah, and, and don't kid yourself. Like, I didn't think for one second that the ticket that I got had anything to do with the environment. It's like that carbon tax. It's like that carbon tax. Exactly. That the city of Toronto cared about the environment. I think it had more to do with, with taxes, uh, yeah, well, sure. no, I think it had more to do with just having a car sitting in a no parking area and, you know, you've got your engine running, so you say you're not parked. Oh, yeah. Like, but yeah, I did get one of those, those fucking those tickets. Those tickets are millions of dollars in tax uh, dollars. Like it's like uh, speeding tickets and, you know, like they, they're parking it's tickets. A, it's, it's a line a, item. It's a, it's a line yeah. item. I think we touched on this, but one quick round on have you actually made any changes in yes. your life? And I think we've all said... Maybe not. I'll start with, I think I have, but yeah. un, a little bit unwittingly, right? Yeah. And you made and your choices a long time ago. I made ago. my choices a yeah. long time ago. And have I done anything in the yeah. last year or six months? Sure, we put in some solar and, yeah. and yeah. all those things, but I haven't made any real know, life changes. Not not huge, painful changes. So I, I stopped going to drive throughs Like I refuse to go to drive throughs if they're uh, at all. So you for, try to not idle? For about six years. No, I, I try not to idle. I know I take planes. I've started taking trains more often. I'm actually driving to Toronto in the next little while. I used to drive to a hill that I would go run at. I now just run to that hill and do less running. So <laughs> That so, one seems easy when you yeah, look back on it. <laughs> yeah, 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 but, but again, when you're not conscious, when you're not conscious about it, yeah. it, it, you know, you're not thinking about that. Um, but I think, you know, when I took a stand on the plastic after we talked at Christmas, it's, it's unbelievable how much less plastic I use. But when I think about... Um, Good for you, man. Congratulations. So, yeah, yeah. But when I think about how many people, they'll say, oh, they, they pick up one or two coffees in the drive-thru every day. Now, at first, when I said, you know, when I got onto this climate thing about six years ago around uh, CO2 emissions, uh, you know, I said to the boys, I go, you know, we because we're in a rush, we're a hockey family, uh, we find ourselves in the drive-thru once or twice a day. I just went, holy crap. Like, I, one day I was sitting there going, we could walk in. We could park and walk in. Yeah, it'll take a couple extra minutes. But if you add it up, how much idling happens in a, in a and, you know, I say Starbucks because it's, it's 10 times longer than a Tim Hortons line in terms of waiting. Uh, and why do I know that? Because it's become visible to me that I'll actually mark a car. Uh, but there's, you know, there's the white Jaguar. Uh, I go in, I order a coffee, I make a couple calls, I sit down for a bit and I wait and I watch for that car, how long it comes out. And sometimes it's up to nine to 10 minutes that they're idling, yeah. you know, when, like, and imagine really 10 minutes per person per day, you know, that's a lot of CO2 emission yeah. for a fucking cup of coffee. What Starbucks yeah. are you going to? I generally mark a Kia, not a Jaguar in my yeah, neighborhood. Yeah, no, no, but do what you can, right? Like that's it. Like if you, if, if 1 million people decided to walk to work, that's a huge friggin' dent, right? Well, on one day, mm -hmm. Never mind. Never mind. every single day. I think I do quite a bit. I can do more. Um, which, you know, like I said, it's, always, it's not a plug, but that's why I love getting to better. Because, yeah, do I look at it and go, yeah, I flew a lot. Well, I'm going to try to do this a little bit more, and tomorrow it's going to be a little bit better. So, 
I think technically that was a plug. I'm not shaming you for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, geez, I feel terrible. We're all about product placements. We don't have any sponsors in it. If you don't start sending us sponsorship money, we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll yeah. talk about you all day long. Yeah, I'll learn Brought that, to you by that, that sweet Virginia smoke. <laughs> from, <laughs> from when Lisa Simpson was in Andy Patrick, I'll Yeah, so I don't. I feel I don't do anything. Uh, that's the truth. Uh, and and the reason why is um, I live in a northern environment. I have to there. I I have to heat my house. I um, I have to fly to meet with you guys. I, I walk a lot. It's true, uh, but I, I honestly think that those little things uh, aren't going to make uh, any impact. And I don't mean that in a pessimistic way. Like those aren't the things that actually will decrease. You know the obesity of of energy use, which is what yeah. we are. We are energy obese. And so if somebody is 400 pounds and they go down to 350, they're just as unhealthy. Like to me, there is no difference. So for you, you do, you dropping two pounds actually makes no difference on your health. So I, I think your energy obesity isn't making, I think realistically we have to make painful decisions. Like Les said, like things that will hurt us and whether you like it or not, and I hate it because I pay is you tax the shit out of a resource that's not like it's like smokes and booze. How you how we how we effectively decrease the incidence of that is we tax the bejesus out of it, which is a way of shaming it. Yeah. Because we hurt you in your pocket. And the only way is we gotta start paying five dollars well, a yeah, liter George, for, George, for, 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 yeah. for gas. You're you're exactly right. And what you're describing is a very well laid out political and economic concept, which is very unpopular in your home province. Yeah, no, I hate it. The concept of carbon tax. Yeah, yeah. It is carbon tax. It is the the logical way to redirect consumer behavior away from the use of carbon is to tax it. Plain and simple. Except that 95% of Canadians can't afford the actual tax that we would have to do to deter change. No, that's not true. I, I think you're, so. You know, come on. You're reading shit from the Fraser Institute. That's no, no, not, I, I, not I factoring in the carbon offset taxes that that standard consumers will get. An offset isn't decreasing CO two. Paying more money to make you feel better. No, no, but it, no, no, but it, make, yeah. but it is because the concept of the way carbon taxation works is you tax the carbon heavy product to drive a consumer away from that product. Yeah. And then you can refund that tax through a tax credit after the fact so they get the money back. But their consumer decision was driven at the point of purchase time to say, I don't want to spend that tax money. Anyway, let's yeah, go. Yeah, anyway, I, I just don't think there's an alternative to well, it is what I'm I, saying. That is, that, the, only, that is the only thing. Yeah, there, there's no alternative. Yeah. Five bucks a liter for gas, but yep. how am I going to get around when I can't? Yeah, I got a job to go to. Yeah, yeah. 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 Lester, real changes? Uh, no, I, I, I think I've said already they haven't made any, but that's going to be my, that's going to be my 2020, uh, New Year's resolution to make changes in that direction. Cause you gotta, you, you know, I, I, I'm talking about this today publicly. You can't, you know, you gotta walk the walk if you're going to talk the talk. Yeah. And I've been calling George a climate denier for a year just to, uh, just to fuck with them. Don't the engine. To enrage You stopped just to, just to try to enrage him. Yeah. I live exactly the same lifestyle and probably have the exact same carbon footprint. We live a privileged, like Steve says, extravagant lifestyle that we worked really hard to do and there's a big part of us that want to deserve it yeah you feel like you, you, you feel like it. i did it like i my my family immigrated here i made good we did all that stuff and my name that's all bullshit maybe that's bullshit i don't deserve it 
but I'm not denying it. I feel like I earned it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm at a crossroads where I argue with myself of my social conscious versus my personal selfish. And at the end of the day, all humans are selfish. We are collectively individual selfish people. And that's why we have governance where people above us say, okay, we can't murder people, right? We agree. <laughs> that's terrible. Like, I know you want to kill somebody some days, but no, we're not going to allow you to do that. But I need somebody to tell me, okay, seal too bad. Tell me exactly what the plan is. This is what the next 10 years is going to look like for okay. you and what it's going to cost you. And nobody wants to tell anybody what it's well, going to cost because it's a, it's a heavy hit. It's very interesting because it's a perfect segue into, I think, the last thing that Bruce wanted to talk about. Because <laughs> we've all agreed uh, that we haven't made big changes in our life. We're having a full conversation. We're saying, I feel like the changes I could make are like pissing in the ocean because they're so small. But what we can, and the changes have to be at a higher level, yes. what we can do is use our votes in the direction of trying to make those changes. Being yeah. that we have a federal election coming up in whatever it is, yeah. two and a half weeks, yeah. the logical question is... You don't have to talk about the way you're going to vote, but do you think that the issue of climate change will affect the way you vote personally? And do you think it will affect the outcome of the election in general voting? That last little bit from Les might sound familiar. I pulled out about 11 minutes of this conversation and released it just before the election. If you didn't listen to it, go back and check it out in the feed. If you want the whole thing in 40 seconds, here it is. It doesn't affect my voting. For sure, it's not going to affect my vote at all. Zero. This doesn't affect my vote at all. It's not for me at all. Because it's an issue and because it's every single, you know, everywhere everyone's talking about it, I do think it's going to have a massive uh, effect on the vote. Maybe not massive, but definitely a swing. But I think that people who care more than I do, and that's legitimate, actually will start swaying things. I don't think that this issue will affect this election in Canada at all. And I feel like I maybe represent yeah. the, the everyman. So I don't think it's a defining issue because the people like me haven't heard about it. Planet Earth. Planet Earth. There's life everywhere from the skies to the seas to the microscopic organisms in the dirt. Planet Earth. Yeah. So, uh... You know what I was going to say, but what have I done for my social friend? I got a vasectomy. <laughs> You are the most, you have had no kids. You have got the smallest fucking CO2. Yeah, You have a people fucking problem. India and China now have 1.4 billion people who are in the middle class now. They have this, the biggest influx of money is happening right now in those countries. When it's very interesting. They now for the first time in their lives are out of destitute poverty into middle class. The biggest middle classes are not in North America. They're now in China and India and they're consuming things. They're consuming. They never things. consumed them before. They couldn't afford to consume them. Now they're buying TVs and Cell little, little two-cylinder yeah. mopeds to you know boot around in the country. Yeah. And uh, I believe oh, that we have a fucking it. people problem. People what? create problems. One one billion people in 1905. And now we have just shy of eight. Yeah, just <laughs> under eight. Yeah, just under eight. Yeah, dude. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> Joe Rogan says Everything. it best. He goes, you know, if you fly around, you see the pristine world, and you look down, and wherever you see people, 
you see destruction. Oh. People are a cancer. They grow, they multiply. They grow, they multiply. They destroy <laughs> everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you got to read the book Sapiens because this no, guy, I don't read. It's terrible. I was just going to say, can I get that in an audio? Or a paper? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Watchman show tonight. Oh, another, yeah. another pod coming up shortly. We've got to get a couple beers in us and a steak. Yes. Yeah. I can't remember who's buying, but it's not me. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not the green guy. <laughs> I just got solar fucking panels. <laughs> looks, like, looks like the birthday boys. I'm my best friends, two second friends. We've always been together. We're four of a kind, having fun all day. Piling around and laughing away. Just best friends. Best friends are we. I love That's you it. That's the end. You probably found us already on social media, but if not, at SnowDayPod. Tell your friends. We've also got an email, snowdaypod at gmail.com. Send us a voice memo. Maybe we'll put your voice on the show. Thanks to the rest of our team, Social Media Todd, Producer Mike, and the secret weapon, Shannon Bison. <laughs>